Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. intro. You remember China Phillips from uh, Family Feud? She is friends with someone in our church, and they somehow work together. So she had heard about our sermon series, and she gave us the, her own little personal welcome. So let's hear this. Can we rewind, rewind it? Hey, Pastor Rob, it's China Phillips, and I am so excited that you are teaching on Holy Spirit activation, because let me tell you something. When you are Holy Spirit activated, when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you really are free. You really are out of bondage. You really are living you, your authentic life. That's really all I have to say about it. Oh, and Holy Spirit activate. Holy Spirit activate. Holy Spirit activate. 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 All right, let's go. I, I have to say this. The first thing that Sue and I said, that's a pretty intense angel in the background. Did anyone recognize that? That's a pretty intense angel. And next week, next week, we actually have another video that is amazing from one of our kids. Not a Parker kid. There's no way they would do that. But one of our own staff children did their own song as well. So when anyone walked in this morning, who thought they were getting a gift? Did anyone? Say, he remembered my birthday. He remembered my anniversary. Did anyone like literally get like a little excited? This is for me. Raise your hand, right? Anyone, right? Anyone? So how many of you love getting gifts? How many love gifts? Okay, how many of you love getting gifts, right? How many of you love giving gifts? How many of you are better gift givers than getters? Anyone? How many of you are better gift getters than givers? Anyone? You're all lying. Yes, there we go. So think about it. Look at all the different sizes. You have big gifts. You have small gifts. And when you're little, you think the bigger gift is the what? The better gift. But the older you get, the smaller the gift. And all the ladies said, amen, right? So I love my, honestly, I got to say this. My wife is the greatest gift giver. She really is. She's the most amazing gift giver. And she has really taught me the joy of giving and receiving gifts. Because I'm really good at giving gifts. I was never really good with receiving them. And she would pull me aside. She said, you better love this gift if you like it or not. And it wasn't that I didn't like it. It's just being a middle child, like that middle child syndrome. Like, I wanted to make everyone else happy. So let me give you some fun, quick little stories. I loved giving gifts to our children. So Ben, he wanted a gecko. A leopard gecko. Parents, never get your kid a leopard gecko. And if you fall and pray to that, you are regretting it because it either died by now, right, or it's going to be with you for the next 20-something years. Do you know that's the lifespan of a leopard gecko? And I remember when we got it, he was like, Dad, I need a leopard gecko. I need a leopard gecko. I'm like, why do you need a leopard gecko? I just need it. He got it. His face lit up. Luke, everyone turn and look at Luke. He hates when I do this. He is a coffee fanatic, and for Christmas, he wanted his own little coffee station in his bedroom, and we succumbed to caffeine, the drug of caffeine, and we bought him an espresso machine, and we put it in his room, 
Okay, Becky. Becky always wanted her own puppy, but now her puppy's my puppy and Sue's puppy, right? That's what happens. They go to college. And so one day we said, Sue and I said, go with daddy. You're going to get, the, you're going to get a puppy. And we came home with little Jakey. And then there's Brandon. Any gift was the greatest gift in the world. I mean, you gave that dude baseball cards, you would have thought he won the lottery. It'd be like, baseball cards! And, and we really, really loved it. We love giving gifts. Now, true confessions, I was given a gift this morning. Can I please see the record? From my good friends, the Rumseys. The outfield. How many of you remember the outfield? I remember the outfield, right? That's it, just a few of you. One of the greatest bands ever, but none of you have heard about them. And we just got a record player, so we're getting into vinyl. So gifts, think about gifts. When we think about gifts, we think about what we give to one another. But do you know where gift giving comes from? Look what it says in scripture. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Look what it says. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. James 1.17. There is a desire in us to mirror the Father's heart. Amen? There is a desire in us to mirror the Father's heart. And when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there are gifts that God gives to us called the gifts of the Spirit that we need to talk about. Because when you know your spiritual gift and you are functioning in your spiritual gift, there is new life change and something new and fresh is activated in you. And when people hear about the spiritual gifts, they either are like, okay, are these like my natural abilities? Or people hear about spiritual gifts and they get really nervous. What's Pastor Rob going to say? Or they get really excited, like, is he going to show us? Is he going to prove to us what the scripture says? And so when it comes to spiritual gifts, there's certain things about the Holy Spirit. You've been good with me so far. Amen? Now, where's he going? We're going to talk about the spiritual gifts. Because without the spiritual gifts, you are missing out on the fullness of life that Jesus Christ came and died and was resurrected for you and I. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to ask you right now for a beautiful morning in both first service and second service. And God, I ask you to do two things. One, reveal people's spiritual gifts. And two, that you begin to activate the gifts that you have already given them. Holy Spirit, give me clarity. Give me the ability to walk through this wisely and in good timing. In Jesus' name, amen. So, when we think about gifts, here's where the confusion comes in. Are they natural, are they innate, or are they supernatural? God has given each of you in Christ a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So, are spiritual gifts innate, natural, or supernatural? First and foremost, God has created each of you with certain gifts and talents. Amen? And sometimes we miss out on the talents that other people see in us that we don't even see being expressed in our lives. Yes, 
we are born with gifts and talents. We are also born with innate ability to learn and learn other things that become gifts to us. We go to school, we learn certain things. We take different courses, we learn different things. We learn a sport or dance or music. And all of these things are natural and innate giftings that God gives us. An ear for music, the ability to paint, the ability to do math better than others. I definitely do not have that natural gift. Trust me, ask my wife. These are natural gifts. There are certain gifts some people are better with people than others. Some people are not. But these are natural, innate things that God gave you at birth. That's not what we're talking about. You see, this is where the church has shied away. The moment you become a follower of Jesus, and let me hear a big old amen. amen. The moment you become a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit fills you, indwells you, and he gives you a gift. Or he gives you gifts that he wants to give you. And they're gifts that you did not have before. They're gifts you did not have before. And the truth is this. I believe two things. One is that most people don't identify their spiritual gifts. And two, since they haven't identified them, they are missing out in their role in the kingdom. How God wants you to use you in your everyday life. And so some of you are like, wow, this Christian life's pretty boring. Yeah, it can be if you're living by going to church on Sunday and trying to live by a bunch of rules and regulations. That's a boring Christian life. But if you're going to church to be fed, to get excited, to see who you are as a child of God, and you're functioning in who you are as a child of God, life is never better. Life is never better. And so, where do spiritual gifts come from? If you have your cameras, take pictures of these. I want you to take this home, and I want you to look at it throughout this week. Where do they come from? When Christ healed the sick, when he cast out the demons, when he gave a word of knowledge, when he gave a word of prophecy, it was all through the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that? His whole ministry began at the baptism. He cast out demons. He healed the sick. He gave words of knowledge and prophecy through the empowerment and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim, to go out, that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The Holy Spirit is the agent who activated the supernatural work of God in Jesus' life. I think we've missed that. And in Jesus' obedience to the Father, this is what he said to the disciples. As the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. You are going to do the very same things and even more than I have done, Jesus says. And so, as you read the book of Acts, 
You see, every single thing, the miracles, the words of knowledge, the prophecies that Jesus was doing was coming to fruition. And you saw other things as well. This is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, and then verse 4 through 6. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But, this is key, if you have your Bible, underline this, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. All spiritual gifts we see in Scripture come from God for you. So you can live in your identity as children of God, sons and daughters of God. And so, second, do you know the spiritual gifts that God has given to you? Or are you, as a Christian, still functioning only in your natural abilities that are limited to what you can and cannot do, to what you're willing to do to stretch those gifts, empower those gifts, or if you're going to allow your natural abilities and talents to sit on the shelf. You see, spiritual gifts come from above. They come from above. They come from above. And so what are the purposes of our spiritual gifts? What are the purposes? It's twofold. To build up and to strengthen the church. To build up. And strengthen the church. I mean, think about, we just heard about the family from Adventure Week. How they found the plant. How they've come to the church. How her daughter is now thriving. How her and her husband are, are fully involved in seeing God do awesome things in their life. I talked to her husband after church yesterday, and you get to see that there's, there's a, new, a new look in his eyes. A new glean in his eyes. It's because you all have been functioning in your spiritual gifts, whether you think so or not, that is drawing people in. And so the purpose of the spiritual gifts are to share the gospel, to evangelize. People say, why are you different? Because I have a hope, an eternal hope. And it's not an eternal hope in a, in a God. It's the eternal hope that's found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Who's given me the Holy Spirit? Why do we have them? To encourage and strengthen one another. To encourage and strengthen one another. Yes, for the demonstration of God's presence and power. How many of you about a month and a half ago when you heard that a woman in our church was healed said, wow, what does God want to do in my life next? How many of you did, did you kind of like jump up in faith? When you heard that when some people prayed over an individual, she was healed on the spot. Jeremy said last Sunday, the faith in our church just went to a whole new place. Right? Because there's an anticipation that the Spirit of God is alive and breathing and moving. 
And we're also given spiritual gifts to serve one another. God gave them to you. God empowers them in you. And God wants you to be on mission with him and with us together. Your gifts are not given for your selfish ambition. Your gifts are given so you can thrive, so others can come to know the hope that you possess. Amen? And you may be using your gifts selfishly, but you better be careful of that. Because God's got a way to say, don't fool me. When he gives you gifts, spiritual gifts, and we're going to go through these lists, they're given for a reason. So that people get to see the work of God in your life. I've taken the Enneagram. I've taken SDI. I've taken Myers-Briggs. What am I, like a German Shepherd Labrador Retriever with a handle of an ice cream cone? Something like that? Like, these are all great things. And trust me, they've helped me in my leadership. But I will say this. When I understood the gifts of the Spirit... In me, it's allowed me to become the individual that God has created me to become and to thrive in. So there's purpose. Purpose. I love what one author says. He says, your spiritual gifts were not given for your own benefit, for the benefit, but for the benefit of others. Just as other people were given gifts for your benefit. Amen. So, when you look at Scripture, and you look at the teachings of the apostles, you see in Romans chapter 12. Now, take a picture of this next slide, okay? Let's throw up that next slide with all the different passages on it. Ta-da. Romans chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Ephesians chapter 4. And 1 Peter chapter 4. And if you want, write these down, because for some reason the enemy does not want you to hear this. You realize this. Do you realize this? There we go. uh, Next one. Next slide. Is it stuck? It's frozen? Okay. Good. The enemy doesn't want you to hear this. So I'm going to tell you. Write it down. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. 29 through 30. Romans 12, 4 through 8. Ephesians 4, 11. And 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. Is it stuck? It's stuck? Okay. So trust me on this one. I promise you. There are multiple gifts, spiritual gifts. And I'm telling you right now, someone doesn't want you to know the spiritual gifts you have. Do you know that? Because he who has an identity wants you to be limited in what you do and don't do for the kingdom of God. So here's a list. Hospitality. Encouragement, administration, giving, leadership, mercy, service, teaching, exhortation. That means encouraging to a group of people, giving, and evangelism. Like, wow, those are pretty simple. I may like one of them. Then, here are some more, and I'm going to make you squirm. Prophecy. Discernment, healing, tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracles, words of knowledge, and distinguishing of spirits. Let me give you some more. 
faith, wisdom, the gift of being an apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. This is a pretty massive, intensive list of spiritual gifts. And so what we do is, I think as churches, we get hung up with the ones that we are most comfortable with. Who's comfortable with prophecy in here? Anyone? Yeah? Okay. Three people, right? I will say this. Someone with the gift of prophecy changed our lives together while we're in New Jersey right now. And without the gift of prophecy, we would not be here being the pastors of the Plant Church in Mawa, New Jersey. So, when you look at all of these gifts, they're broken into three different groupings. Three different groupings. The first are motivational gifts. Motivational gifts such, oh, there we go. Can you go back to the other one? Can you go back to the other one just so they can get a list of it so they know that I'm not lying and making these up, right? Can you go backwards or is that... No? All right. Motivational gifts. I'm telling you, he doesn't want you to see them. Each Christian receives one at the time of salvation, and it is a tool through which God works in him or her. These gifts allow a person to see needs and to do something to meet them. Hospitality, encouragement, administration, giving, leadership, mercy, service, teaching, exhortation, evangelism. These are some of those type of gifts. Each one of you was given one of those the moment you came to Jesus. Hey, Sue, I'm going to give you the gift of hospitality, Jesus says. Amen? Nice. There you go. Too big? You want a smaller gift? Yes. So it's true. They happen the moment we become a follower of Jesus, right? The moment we become a follower of Jesus. Then there's a second grouping called manifestation gifts, are supernatural demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's presence and power. These gifts are manifested for the benefit of others and to bring God glory. They are the wow gifts. The wow gifts. Luke Parker, come on up here. I don't want to put anyone on the spot. I'm going to give you the gift of healing. Right? That's what God does. He's like, I'm young, big gifts are better. Right? But think about that. that that's what happens. That's what happens. And then ministry gifts. Leadership gifts God appoints to build up and establish the church. These giftings are given to oversee and function to operate on an organizational level. Yes, there comes a point in our leadership development where God says it's time for another gift, a new gift. Sushare, come on up. I'm going to give you the gift of evangelism. Now, I need all these back for next service, okay? Please, <laughs> please, right? And so I'll give an example for Sue. Share I've seen her leadership gift out of nowhere just show up. And she was part of our leadership team. We were a young church, a church plant. We needed to see the five-fold giftings come into play. 
And Sue was given a gift. Amen? Amen. And so when you look at this, they're really not spooky, nor should they freak us out. But I want you today to go home and read 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. To read Romans 12, 4 through 8. I know I'm speaking fast. We'll get this slide up again. What about Ephesians chapter 4, 11? Or 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11? They go through all the giftings. But my point today is to give a big overall picture of the gifts of the Spirit. So, this is important. And I really believe this is where pastors miss the moment. Pastors miss the moment. How do we see the gifts of the Holy Spirit functioning in our church? Pastor Rob, have you ever seen the gifts of the Holy Spirit functioning in the plant? So, let me encourage you. And I'm going to go through eight different gifts and their definitions. Hospitality, the gift of welcoming people, even strangers, into their homes. This is not someone who just likes to throw parties. This is not that gifting. This is different. They are people who feel burdened to make sure those who are in need have clothes on their back, food in their belly, and a roof over their head. 1 Peter 4, 9 through 10. You see, I'm going to show this biblically, and I'm not, I could tell, say a gift about everybody. I'm just saying as I was thinking through this, people that would be okay with me calling them out. It's very interesting. Joe and Nicole Chinesi have this same gift together. They have welcomed strangers into their house. They are quick to feed those in need. They are quick when someone is burdened with no roof over their head or literally are in a, a place of desperation, they show up. That's what hospitality is. You can throw the greatest parties in the world with all your greatest friends. That does not mean you're hospitable. You may be able to be a great host or hostess, but biblically, hospitality is who are we welcoming in that no one else will? Second, service. The gift of wanting others to experience the love of God through random acts of kindness. Those who have this gift seem to always have the eyes to see the needs of others. They joyfully give of their time, resources, and physical labor to meet the needs of others. Romans 12, 7 and 1 Corinthians 12. Ruth Ann Rumsey, this is what she does. She serves. She loves to serve. This is how she functions. And there's no thing that's too small that she's willing to help out on. Whether it be for someone she just met or the request of someone in our church. Third, evangelism. This is both a ministry gift and a motivational gift. And we should all have the gift of evangelism in some way. We should all share our faith. The reality is some people do it easier and better. The ability to successfully communicate the message of the gospel. They are burdened in their hearts for people and will go out of their way to share Christ with them. Romans 10, Omar Nieblas, Omar Nieblas. The other night, I'm like, what are you doing? Having my neighbors over. Why? Just want to just love on them and, and see if I can speak to them in any way possible, right? Some of you are just contagious. And I don't mean like COVID. I mean like Jesus. Like people are like, dude, what's up with you? Why are you the way that you are? And even though we are all supposed to be that way, 
Some trip over their words more than others. Do I get an amen? amen? But some people are like, hey, you see the caterpillar? Let's talk about the gospel. Hey, there's a hockey game on TV. Let me relate it to the working of God in your life. Hey, and just, they just have a, a knack, a gift. But that doesn't mean none of us, all of us don't have to do it. We all have to do it. It's just easier from others. Words of knowledge. The gift to have a comprehensive understanding of a spiritual issue or circumstance and speak into the situation. This gift is closely related to the gift of wisdom. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 1. Eli, if any of you know Eli, he has this knack, this supernatural gift that he could be in a conversation and then he pulls someone else aside and says, let, let me tell you what the Lord is speaking to you in this moment. And I would say the vast majority of times, Eli is on. That's a word of knowledge. And wisdom and knowledge go hand to hand. Some people just have this, this, this ear that as someone is speaking, God is giving them a picture or a word that they're trying to connect the dots. Healing. Given by God to certain individuals in order to see them to heal others who are suffering physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. 1 Corinthians 12, last Sunday, we had someone with an injury. I said, go find Joe Florio. I can pray for you, but Joe has this knack to hear what God specifically wants to pray for, pray through him, where healing comes pretty regularly. Now, the gift of healing is not all the time, pop, 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 pop. Otherwise, like, Joe would be like, he would be stuck at the grocery store for like 12 days straight. It's more in a moment. It's a functioning gift. It's one of those things that, that randomly, you'll be like, ooh, I need to pray for that person. How do we, do I'm going to start crying. How do we deny words of knowledge? How do we deny healing? These are game changers in people's lives. Tongues given by God to certain individuals in order to supernaturally speak in a language that had not be, had, they had not had before prior in their life. Tongues is both a prayer language and a message from God to a certain group of people to respond to. Acts chapter 2, and we see it all the way through Acts. The problem is this has been abused. Shame on the church. Shame on the church. I'm not going to point out anyone who have the, has the gift of tongues, but I will say this. I have the gift of tongues. And I didn't get into service where some guy with a fancy suit sh showed up and knocked me over. I got the gift when I was crying out to God and saying, God, there's something more you need to do in my life. And I kid you not, on all that is holy and good, the gift of tongues came over me and I started speaking in another language. And I have seen when I am stuck... When our church has been stuck, when individuals have been stuck, and I start speaking in tongues, God unlocks the heavens. Man, I remember one time. We were going through such a hardship with our children. And I didn't know what to pray. Anyone ever want to give up on prayer? Give me an amen. amen. No, seriously, give me an amen. amen. And, and the Holy Spirit said, let me pray. And I started speaking in another language in my car going on Route 208 near the Fairlawn Fire Department on Route 208. Anyone know where that is? You can't make this story up. Those are too many details. Started speaking in tongues. Things changed within seven seconds. Ask her. 
Prophecy, ability to receive a divinely inspired message and deliver it to others in the church. These messages can take the form of encouragement, correction, disclosure of secret sins, prediction of future events, or, or other revelations given to equip and edify the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 14. How many of you know Kathy Candido? Anyone ever get a word from Kathy? That kind of shifted your life? Or what about this one, faith? People with great confidence in the power and promises of God that they can stand strong in their belief no matter what may try to shake them. Those who have this gift inspire others to trust God in all the situations of life, even when they are facing the most hopeless of situations. Mariana was suffering with cancer. Her faith was so grand. She said, God's going to heal me, and he's going to use it, and he's going to change the course of so many people's lives. Does Mariana have cancer right now? No. Is she moving into things of God? Yes. Think about Dave Pettigrew. Dave Pettigrew had a lucrative job working for Sony. He says, God's got something else for me. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit my job with Sony, my nice, comfortable, highly lucrative job, and I'm going to go follow Jesus. And I'm going to be a musician at the age of 50-something years old. I shouldn't say his age. How many musicians are successful at 50-something starting on their own? Dave Pettigrew. Because if the Lord said it, that settles it. That's a gift of faith. And so, think about this. There are gifts that God wants to use in your life to just, you're just kind of going sideways, sideways, sideways. And God says, I'm just trying to straighten you out. Because the more you walk forward sideways, you're going like this, right? But he's saying, I just want you to understand your gifts so you can start walking forward and start living in the fullness, not the goodness. Because there's a big difference between good and great and best. Do I get an amen? amen. I'm getting a little Pentecostal this morning, aren't I? Amen. And I ain't apologizing. Amen. I ain't apologizing because these are game changers. But when you walk and you function in your gifts, you're walking straight. And you ain't strutting, you're walking humbly because you want God to use you in ways that you've never been used before. Amen. Someone say amen. Thank you. So, I got to have a little fun up here. Key questions. Let's talk about some key questions. First, is one gift more important than another? 1 Corinthians 12, 22 through 26. All gifts are important. It's like a body. Every part of a body is important. Two, who's given gifts and are they limited to anyone? Gifts are not limited to anyone. They are not limited to anyone. They're given by God for how God wants to, the gifts to be used in your life. Third, have the supernatural gifts ceased? Plant church, what would we say? No. When people talk about the gifts ceasing, it's poor theology or it's in their woundedness. They've been hurt. They've been hurt. And poor theology. Do you know right now in South America, the church in South America is booming? Is booming. Do you know right now the church in Africa is booming? 
Do you know the church throughout the world, outside England and the northern American areas, is booming because they believe the gifts have not ceased. And yet we, in our egos, I will use the lowly things to shame the wise. Who said that? God. How do I know what spiritual gifts I have? That's why we're part of a body. That's why we're part of a body. We see gifts in each other. We encourage each other's gifts. For like the Chinesis, they've always been good people, but I would say since I've known them as followers of Christ, their hospitality has gone like this. It's different. It's different. Joe Florio, Margie Florio, I remember you guys went to that conference where the Lord really revealed gifts to you both. Change the way you live. Change what's next in your life. How do I use my gifts? You practice. You implement them. Practice makes perfect. Like playing an instrument, singing, or lifting weights, the more you work that area out, the stronger and more proficient you become. You become. I have the gift of exhortation. I've shared two gifts that I know that I have. Tongues and exhortation. I was dyslexic. I can't even usually say it right. Growing up. I had major learning disabilities. After I became a follower of Jesus, reading clicked. I couldn't read growing up. My first book I ever read was after high school. But God, in his great mercy, imparted the gift of exhortation. And I couldn't use exhortation without being able to read. That's a true story. And how do I know that they're real? Because you've never had it before. You never had it before. You never functioned in it before. And now, it's natural. It's who you are. You drive down the road, you see someone hurting, you want to step in. So why you? Why you? Because you're special. You're special. God created you for purpose. God created us to have ten fingers. When one of them is missing, your hand is not functioning properly. You can do a lot with this hand. But when you lose your thumb, there are certain things limiting you. Amen? I mean, think about this. Think about Tom Brady losing his thumb. Imagine that. Seriously, that's a horrific day for many people, but especially for him. We were created together to function in our gifts so that the, so that the goodness of God can be revealed. That's it. And I believe when churches and the people of the church are functioning in their gifts, that's when real movement happens. Sue said to me yesterday, she says, it saddens me. How many people are missing out on the kingdom of God? They pour so much into every other area of their life, and they're missing out on what God wants to do next. Amen. Saddens me, she said. She goes, it literally saddens me. Saddens me. Friday night, we had this crazy worship night. Holy Spirit shows up. 
Those who want to see God move, show up where God's moving. She said, it saddens me how people aren't getting plugged in and living in their gifts. Because here's the things. The things that we value most, we do. Wow, you're getting a little personal. Yes, I am. Because I want God's best for your life. And you can have every excuse in your life, or you can choose. Do I want God's good or God's best? Why do we do these groups? Not to put our name on the map so that you would thrive as individuals and thrive together. So, in closing, three things. We believe every Christian is given spiritual gifts. Every Christian is given spiritual gifts. I can't tell you what gifts God wants to give you, but I can help you understand the gifts that he's already given you now. Two, this is what you need to do. Don't neglect your gifts out of fear or apathy. Do not neglect your gifts out of fear or apathy. It says in 1 Timothy 4, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Don't neglect them because you're afraid of the gift he's going to give you. Really? I'm terrified of that gift. I actually want to know what's in it. Anyone else? Right? And don't do it out of apathy. Well, there's so many other things going on. There's so many other things. Because when you live in your gifts, you allow your children to live in their gifts as well. Spiritual gifts aren't given when you turn 18. Spiritual gifts are given the moment a person receives Jesus Christ. Maddie May, you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? You are given a spiritual gift, and you have permission to use that spiritual gift in any way that God wants to use you. Josh. Joshi, how old are you, buddy? 13. Are you a follower of Jesus? Yes. You have a spiritual gift, and your dad has a spiritual gift. You have permission to use your spiritual gift as well, and your dad has spiritual gifts that he is functioning in too. Amen? Right? This is the joy of parenting. Cools. I'm just going to go around everyone. We're going to be here for 12 days. You two have spiritual gifts. You love Jesus. It's all over you. You have permission. Parents, come on. Start raising your kids like Jesus. And let them thrive in how God has created them to become. Amen. And then we see revival happen. And I'm not going to apologize. I'm not apologizing for what God wants to do in your life. And lastly, some of you need to rekindle your gifts. It's time. It's time. It's time to rekindle your gifts. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. How do you get a fire going? Fan it. Fan it. Practice it. This is what we believe. And this is how we function. Activate the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and start living your best life now. Let's close in worship. Would you stand? It was great having you with us today. We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. 
For more sermons and resources, please visit us at theplantchurch.org.